everybody. Welcome to day four of 12 Days of the Comic Source. We're counting down to Christmas with Bad Idea. Here today to talk about Walesville and Rocks and Minerals. It's a one-shot with both stories in it. It's got the first story, Walesville, which is written by Matt Kent. Uh, amazing stylized art from Adam Polina. And then we have the, uh, the second story, Rocks and Minerals, also written by Matt Kent with art by Tony Millionaire, who is um, just a renowned cartoonist who's you know been working in the sequential um, art medium for, for decades. Uh, the colors in Walesville are by Matt Hollinsworth, and they're just based on the tale, you know, being this kid being swallowed by a whale. They're, they're not quite sepia tone, but they are, you know, they're not bright. They're not vibrant. They're a little saturated. They're, uh, you know, it's a lot of, of, uh, of browns and darker greens and darker blues. And it's very much like an old fashioned tale. Um, Dave Sharp does the letters uh, for um, Willsville and then Tony Millionaire uh, handles the lettering on rocks and minerals himself. Um, the color in uh, Tony Millionaire's story, Rocks and Minerals, is by Jim Campbell, who's somebody he's worked with for uh, a long, long time. So what's great about this book, uh, you know, this one shot with the two stories, these stories are definitely all ages. You know, unlike Sleigh Bells that we talked about yesterday, you can share these with your kids. Uh, I shared both these stories with my daughter, who at the time they came out was, I think, I want to say, let's see, it came out in 2001. So she would have been 10. And, uh, and she just loved them. She loved both of them, especially Walesville. And there's a line in Walesville that we'll talk about that we, uh, that her and I walked around saying for months after <laughs> months after we'd walk around the house and we just, uh, randomly spout that line to each other and just got a kick out of it. The other thing that's really awesome is I got a chance to sit down with Matt Kent and talk about this book way back when, I think in, in 2021, um, to get his thoughts on both of these stories. And I'll put a link to that interview in the show notes if you're curious. Uh, you want to go back and hear what Matt had to say. You definitely can do that. Uh, in terms of uh, the stories, though, th th these are just uh, – they feel very wholesome. They're very different. Um, they both have happy endings in a way. Uh, but yeah, I just really enjoyed them. And this is the kind of, uh, of story, the kind of comic that shows you what's possible in the medium, what's possible with sequential storytelling, uh, as opposed to something like, uh, prose or even children's picture books. So, uh, what did you think of this, uh, overall Rocky? You know, I really liked it. And it was, again, it's, it's, it's a feel good story. And you, 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 you nailed it when you said it's, uh, that, that it, that it's it is for for children and appropriately it, it should have a happier ending it, it reminded me obviously the comparisons to moby dick are, are right i mean it's it's hard it's hard not to think of moby dick when you think of an angry whale and a war between a you know and you know the angry old man in the sea you know angry you know moby dick you know angry against the 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 the, this, the ship captain uh, Ahab that wants to kill him. And, and this is sort of a play on that. And, and there's so much anger and quest for revenge, revenge uh, in Moby Dick. And this is, this is what I love about this is that it takes place inside the whale. And the motivation here is a young boy is swallowed by the male, is male, swallowed by the whale. And of course the father is, is only looking for vengeance on the whale because he thinks he's lost his son. And, and, and of course, at the end, there is a, sort of a rescue. But really, that's that's the crux of the story. It's the adventure that this young boy has inside 
this world, hence the, the title of the story, Walesville, that, you know, sort of underscores the themes and, and the heart of the story itself as inside the whale is, is all these wonderful the sea life, sea creatures that are still alive, they're just swallowed by the whale. And it's called Whalesville because there's literally an entire life, there's an entire city for all intents and purposes with different life forms within the whale itself. And it's the, it's that, it's the relationships and the bonds formed by this, by this young child named Wei, who ultimately, uh, as he befriends all the sea life and ultimately uh, escapes the whale, uh, and by, by doing so, saves his saves his fellow friends and helps calm down the anger and, and bring love back to his father, resurrect and, and then reuniting with his father who immediately stops attacking the whale. I mean, that's it in a nutshell, but you can't help but, I mean, the, the absolutely gorgeous art, uh, which you've already talked about, I mean, it's just, it, it is, kids would love this because it, it it's so adventurous they, it's got it's got different animals in it. They, of course, they all talk. They all have their own personality. A young Wei has his own personality. Uh, they all want what's best for each other. And Young Wei figures out right away. He's the there's there's the central conceit and what makes Disney movies work when they're done right, is that when you when you have a young child who can figure it out and has wisdom beyond his or her years. And in this case, it's way knowing that there's another world out there and his fellow, you know, his other animals, they don't know it. They don't believe him. And for him to, to uh, his belief in that and knowing what is happening underscores, there's even, there's tension here because you wonder how, you know, you don't want, you want this to have a happy ending and ultimately it, it, it does, but it's, it's very well done here. And this is, this is a, this isn't just for kids. It's for everyone. And, and I'm actually curious. There's lots of lines in here that I like. I'd really be curious to know what line uh, your daughter likes so much. So, <laughs> sorry, you're on mute there, my friend. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely get to that. But uh, I wanted to talk first. You know, you mentioned the the Adam Polina art. I mean, the, the character designs here, right? Because you're right. So the whole idea is – this kid was sailing with his father. They're on a whaling ship. He gets thrown overboard. He gets swallowed by a whale. He, he wakes up there. But the story actually starts a little sooner than that. We don't see Weiwa uh, or Wei, the little boy, uh, right off the bat. Instead, we meet some of the, the sea creatures that have been swallowed by this whale and live in this little town, this shanty town inside the whale, thus the name Whalesville that, that you mentioned. So start, we start off with Caleb the crab. There's also Angela, who's like a, an anglerfish. There's Jack, who's a seagull. And there's a seahorse named Lily. Um, and so it starts off and we, we meet Caleb. He's mad that Jack's been pooping on the roof of his house. Uh, he, and, he, and, and Jack's like, I wasn't me. You know, Caleb goes out in search of him. He's like, I wasn't me. He's like, you're the only bird here. Of course it was you. <laughs> uh, so, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. And then they, yeah, they come across uh, way and, and the story starts from there. But um, what you notice right away is, is just the, the character designs, right? Like you said, there, there's a lot of sea life, all these different creatures, all these different characters that have their own personalities. They also have their own distinctive looks. And, you you know, I mentioned Angela, this anglerfish, and you're like, well, how can, you know, there be a fish there? Well, she's in a plastic bag with water, and the plastic bag is in a roller skate. Because, again, these are just like the detritus that's been thrown in the ocean that the whale has swallowed over the years. And so, yeah, they come across way and they, they kind of make a connection. He doesn't really remember. And throughout the story, he starts to remember that there is a world outside. 
Whereas these other sea creatures, they don't. They've forgotten that there's a world outside. And as you said, when Wade tries to convince them that there is, they're kind of like, ah, you're you're crazy, what have you. Uh, but then a harpoon shows up. You mentioned the father who's you know wants to get his revenge on this whale for what he thinks is the death of his son. Uh, and Wade again, you know, jogs his memory, realizes, hey, we need to we need to break this rope. I need to go out the blowhole um, so I can be reunited with my father. And so the whale's not killed, and all the rest of the sea life that's in there. Uh, can continue to live their life because they're friends and they're, you know, ultimately they're pretty happy. You know, I think some of them come around to thinking, well, maybe way is right. Uh, and there is a bigger world out there, but we kind of enjoy what we have here. We enjoy our friendships. We, you know, Caleb enjoys the, the house that he has. And what's really interesting about the existence that they have is that, you know, over time, this whale is constantly eating. It's constantly swallowing things and you never know what's going to wash up on the, the shore, right? The little dry area that they have in the, whale's stomach basically because uh, he's constantly swallowing things and you know I mentioned Jack always pooping on uh, on Caleb's roof and he's like you know I need to get a piece of plastic or something and put a roof over my roof and at one point he finds a fl- he finds a flag uh, and that's uh, and it's a flag from the whaling ship actually and when he finds that it, again it's another piece that jogs Way's memory and he asks Way to help him put it up uh, over his roof and Jack's like, oh, that's really bright and shiny because it's this bright yellow flag, right? He's like, I really can't miss your house now. Like he's going to poop on it even more, right? And <laughs> uh, and Caleb's like, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And Jack says, well, maybe you need a – now that he's got – he had a roof and now he's got a roof roof. And Jack says, maybe you need a roof for your roof roof. Yeah. And that's the line. That's the line that we would walk around all the time saying, maybe you need a roof for your roof roof. Uh, and, you know, how many layers are you going to go, right? Because uh, no matter how many roofs you put on, guess what, Caleb? Jack's going to poop on them because uh, that's what birds do. But, yeah, where this, uh, again, where it shines is um, kind of the heartfelt nature of these characters. They, You mentioned it. They do care about each other so much. Caleb um, – clear you know clearly from the beginning even though he's a little uh, perturbed by jack it's clear that he appreciates the friendship he has with these other creatures and uh and Weiwa, like right away you know is is sort of welcomed into their uh into their circle of friends and what have you and um you know credit to who he is as a as a person that he you know he does want to get back to his father but it feels very genuine that he also wants to be sure that Walesville, that the little town, these creatures have, um, have created and want to live in peacefully. Uh, he wants to make sure they're protected. He wants to make sure, you know, that the whale's not killed, not for the whale's sake, but for the sake of the friends that he's made. So, uh, when you put that in there with this, these very fanciful character designs, it's very, um, fine line work by Adam Polina, a lot of detail, uh, as I said at the beginning, it's stylized. But when you look at the design of Caleb the crab, when you look at Angela, it's just br- brilliant. You know, Angela being in the, the like the Ziploc bag in the roller skates, so she can get around. Uh, again, just brilliant. Uh, Lily, the seahorse, also done very beautifully. And uh, you add in the colors, as I mentioned. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can you can see the colors. A lot of browns and um, you know lighter pinks, lighter blues that really sell kind of the, uh, the tone of the story. It, it just brilliantly done. I mean, even the cover, you know, you can see it behind us where the whale is just massive uh, under the water. Uh, it's just amazing. There's nothing not to like. And uh, again, what I love is the all ages feel like this is for 
for everybody, uh, for anybody. Anybody can read this and and uh, enjoy the themes and uh, and just fall in love with these characters. They're just fantastic. Anything else to add, Rocky? Uh, just that it's it's really nice to have uh, the uh, a great children's tale like this and uh, and a great segue from a children's tale like this and as they get older throw Moby Dick you know this is the lighter side of it <laughs> and then Moby Dick has maybe not so a happy ending but uh, no I, I I really enjoyed this and it just really goes to show just how bad idea has they really do have an incredible eclectic array of different kinds of stories and they've really covered all the bases here from the from 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 Something that can cater to children, yet adults, and yet we've also seen something we've reviewed more violent, uh, more violent stories, uh, science fiction, time travel. I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying these the, the 12 days of the Comic Source uh, presents with bad ideas that we're going to be we're going to be covering uh, and and, sh- and really putting on stark display what bad idea. Uh, uh, has has out there, and uh, again, my to my eternal dismay, my retailer needs to be more aggressive getting some bad ideas. <laughs> yeah, the second story uh, again, just as interesting, just as fun. Uh, we have anthropomorphic rocks, right? Um, rocks and minerals, amazing art. D- it's a different style from Tony Millionaire, but still very detailed, very uh, kind of esoteric. And as Rocky mentioned earlier, it's uh, this idea that the the world has has ended. There's been it seems like there's been a nuclear war. They call it the Great Polishing, because uh, you would um, you know imagine if a nuclear bomb goes off and and like the ground is melted, it's going to look like glass. It's going to be shiny, right? So they talk about the time before the Great Polishing, uh, when and they talk about the lands uh, outside of of where they exist as the unpolished zone, which is forbidden to be in. But it re- it follows the story of these three different types of, of minerals, these three different kind of rocks. There's one called Gomer. I'm not 100% sure what kind of rock he is, but we also have Iggy, Igneous, right? And then there's Princess, who's a, a hunk of diamond. And there are other uh, there are other uh, characters as well, and their names sort of uh, intimate what sort of, uh, of minerals or rocks they are as well. So, so that's really interesting also. Um, but basically – uh, what that happens is these these three kids, Princess and Iggy and Gomer, um, they like to to explore, like you know, young kids will do. Um, and w- when they're doing that, they they actually go to the zoo one day and they come across a turtle in its shell, and that that's ah, a weird kind of rock. Um, and then the turtle sticks his head out. They starts talking. They're like, "Wait, what's going on?" They go to the queen, who is Princess's mother, so also a hunk of diamond, and talk to her about it. She freaks out because they're outside the uh, where they're supposed to be. They're in the forbidden area. They're in the unpolished zone. And so, uh, because the the turtle, when it wakes up, says it needs to get to the pond, and they don't they don't even know what a what a pond is, right? So uh, they agree to to go and try to help this turtle get to the pond despite the queen telling him to, uh, to stay away. And she sends a couple of her enforcers after them um, to try to, to stop them. She's, and again, the, the queen every night, she tells the tale of, of the time before the great polishing. She talks about how the soft skins that being humans in the before time used to walk on them used to use them to, to create roads and drive on them, used to stack them up one on top of the other and build these giant things called buildings. Um, and they couldn't, um, 
they couldn't talk, they couldn't walk around, they had to just act like they were rocks, right? Uh, so this idea that even before the great um, polishing, like maybe you think it's, you know, nuclear mutation or whatever that gave these rocks and minerals the ability to walk and talk and speak. But apparently even before that happened, they could, they just, you know, weren't allowed to because they couldn't let uh, humans see them. So she, she, she's scared. She's frightful that those times will come back. So, uh, but these kids, they have, they have good hearts and they want the, the, um, the turtle to find its way back to where it's supposed to be. So they go out, they meet some other uh, rocks and minerals, um, Barry and Ruth, who don't want to live under the Queen's rules. And so they kind of live out in the middle of nowhere, or Barry and Rose, I think, actually. Rose Quartz, I, I guess, is is what she is. So <laughs> thus, the name, thus the name Rose. Uh, and they find out, yeah, that um, we don't know where the Great Pond is, they say, but we have somebody that might be able to help you. Uh, and they call for Bob, and Bob is a duck. Right. And this whole idea that animals, you know, a few animals have survived the Holocaust and they're starting to come back. They're starting to thrive again after, you know, the effects of the war. And so uh, Bob actually leads them to where the pond is and the forces of the queen, Laz and uh, Puma, who's a pumice stone, um, along with Flint, who's like this little attack dog. Uh, you know? <laughs> So he can I'm breathe serious. fire. You know how you start yeah. fire with like flint and steel. He can breathe fire. He's the, the, the uh, they're the queen's enforcers. They try to try to stop them, um, but luckily Iggy and Gomer and Princess are able to uh, get to the pond. That's where uh, life has sort of re re returned, right? Like in the in the polished zone, everything is is rock. There is no there's nothing living. Uh, but when they get to the pond, there's trees, there's grass. Um, there's blue skies, there's obviously water of the pond and there's a lot of life. There's bees, there's flowers, there's other turtles and what have you. Um, and so, uh, Bob and, and his duck friends realize that, um, they're, that their newfound friends are in trouble and they bomb, uh, Puma and Lass and Flint with, uh, with six packs of <laughs> some kind of cola or whatever, um, to, to stop them and allow, um, the turtle Elpis to get back into the water. Um, but then the queen returns and, uh, or, or gets there actually and says, you know, what's going on? What are you doing? Melt these unpolished rocks. And, you know, the kids, princess, especially stand up for their newfound friends and say, stop, you can't do this. They're beautiful. Look at them. This is life. Uh, they're not hurting us, uh, you know, live and let live, if you will. So it's a good story. The queen, although disgruntled, uh, you can see toward the end of the story is um, sitting on a, on a little hill with her daughter. Uh, Princess has her arms around the queen and she's allowing everybody to, to kind of make friends or whatever. She has a look on her face like she's not super happy about this. You know, it's the worry that things could go back to before the great polishing and, and where they had to sort of hide out. So you kind of understand, you know, she feels responsible for making sure these rocks and minerals can continue to have a, a good life. Um but the kids realize they've done something really, really good. And again, it's it's just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Tony Millionaire, he describes himself as a, as a cartoonist. You know, he's not a comic book artist. He's a cartoonist. And this is really what cartooning is, right? It's telling a story with words and pictures. And, you know, this isn't some kind of photorealistic style or some sort of DC house style. It's something all its own. When you talk about, well, how am I going to draw an igneous rock that can walk and talk and think? 
but still make it recognizable as a rock. Same thing with, uh, uh, you know, a pumice stone or, or a piece of flint that, that is supposed to sort of look like a dog. Uh, that's what cartooning is uh, and being able to – I mean, I'm talking about the queen, right, and how she's a little bit disgruntled at the end with the way everything turns out, sort of begrudgingly allowing it to happen. She's a, a hunk of diamond. And Tony Millionaire can give her an expression on her face that, that conveys that with no word. There's no, uh, there's no dialogue. There's no exposition. There's no, you know, boxes telling you what's going on. But you know, you know, just by looking at it, uh, what's happening. That's cartooning. That's sequential storytelling. That's the brilliance of Tony Millionaire, who uh, is just legendary in the in the cartooning world. So, again, a very fun tale. Um, it, it, the uh, my favorite is Flint, <laughs> the little attack dog, if you will. Um, but also the thing I love about the story is just that these, these kids, these, these rocks and minerals that are representing the kids in the story, uh, they're determined to do the right thing and they inherently know what the right thing is. And that's an important message. Um, I get where the, you know, adults quote unquote in the story are coming from in terms of, you know, the worry that things are going to go back to the before time when we drove on rocks and minerals, when we walked on rocks and minerals, uh, we stacked them on top of each other to make, create buildings, whatever those are. Uh, but these kids, they inherently know right and wrong. And and that's a, that's a great message. And so uh, brilliant story, a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, I really, really enjoy it. So. And it's, uh, it's from, from the mouths of babes too. It's like uh, the, the young princess says, you know, reminds her mother uh, about, uh, you know, melting rock is what caused all this. And I could, I'm assuming it's a reference to uh, uh, the, probably the way mankind destroyed ourselves by fire or nuclear a nuclear war or whatever the case might have been and from from the mouths of babes you know uh wisdom you know know, even rocks i mean even a story about rocks rocks are more intelligent than we humans are (laughs) even rocks know the futility of uh rocks know the uh, value life arguably more than we do if we allow ourselves uh to uh you know explore the darker angels uh, demons of our nature and uh, destroy ourselves and rocks are always going to be around and it's kind of it's interesting you know yeah man humanity is not around anymore but you got some birds you got some turtles and you got rocks and uh, rocks you know uh, it's it's interesting that you know the the remnants of humanity that remain after we're gone are in rocks <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of a sad irony but there, again there's there's this is great. Uh, this is a, another one. It's perfectly, it's perfectly positioned too. Coming after Walesville because this whole this whole package of a comic uh, of a of a graphic novelization is perfect for for kids because it's great message, insightful, uh, something to talk about. I mean, it's a great story with you and your uh, uh, <laughs> with you and your daughter on 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 the first story. And uh, yeah, no, this is this was really good. And you know, it's funny, like. You, you know what actually I, I found it during the more I read it was the lettering. The lettering. Yeah. I'm so used to I'm so used to a kind of a formalized letter from the comic books we always read for DC and what another and what have you. I kinda like it. And it sort of made me reminded me of why, you know, that's one good thing about this. It, the lettering itself almost imbues a kind of personality to the rocks themselves because it, it, it you know, it, because it, the, the the spacing between the letters were was different. It was larger, and it was just a. It was, well, it was also easier to read. The fact that I, you know, my my sight, my my I, there's a reason why I wear glasses. But no, I uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was it, it was it's it's a lot of fun. Good story. 
Yeah, highly recommend it, everybody. Go check it out. Share it with your kids. Makes for a great bedtime story. So, uh, Walesville and Rocks and Minerals, uh, highly recommended. So, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, on the Comic Source uh, YouTube channel, we appreciate the subscription. Uh, we don't put out a ton of content uh, on, on the video channel, but we're hoping to uh, increase that. But, but Rocky does put out our DC Spotlight every week on his YouTube channel. Uh, so be sure you head over to his channel, Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point on YouTube. Subscribe, ring the notification bell, leave comments on our DC Spotlights. We love to interact with listeners and, and, and people that watch the videos and give us their thoughts on, uh, on that week's DC books. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to listen to the audio-only versions, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're on the subway, what have you, you can just go to wherever you get your uh, podcasts, do a search for the comic source and subscribe. Uh, for the audio only version. So we appreciate the support as always. We want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. We hope uh, you're enjoying time with uh, friends and family. So uh, come back with us tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the uh, horror series, The Lot, uh, for day five of the comic source. It's very creepy. It's very moody. It's very scary. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, hear what Rocky thinks about it. So, uh, again, we appreciate you joining us as always, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow. Catch you later.